Hey there, and welcome to our podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Now, before we begin, we want to remind you to please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at our church. Thanks again for joining us, and now, enjoy the episode. Was there any of that that you had forgotten? How many got retaught again what each branch did and, and you know the holiday, its establishment through, the, uh, through our history? They educated us again. I appreciate that. It's so easy to forget our history. Amen? History is important because God, through his providence, has written history. Amen? So it's important. And so I'm thankful for all of our youth um, this morning, all those that, that took part. And as you're finding your place in First Peter, um, let me just quickly mention a few things before we get into this morning's message. I do want to tell all of our, of our, of our church body, our church family, at the close of our service, I need all of our church family just to hold back for about 10 minutes and uh, well, all, all, all those who are visiting are, are welcome to leave. we got just a little bit of an announcement, a finance announcement. And uh, make sure you get your uh, budget uh, today to review for a couple of weeks. And then we'll get all, all the uh, recommendations, questions, concerns, anything. And then we will um, uh, we'll revise that and then vote on it in December. And so don't forget about that. And then Thursday, 6 p.m., the discussion we're going to have about Christian education. Um, we want everybody to come be a part of that. And it is a, a church um, um, time, a time for a church to get together and talk about pros, cons, and uh, just get your thoughts on the matter. All right? And so the possibility of, of having a, you know, maybe a, a, a providing a homeschool co-op or Christian school, something like that. It's been laid on some, some hearts that's, that's made its way to me. We've been having some meetings. We just want to get your thoughts this, uh, on Thursday at 6, so don't forget about that. All right, as I said, there's never a good place for announcements, so we got them over with. All right, then we plugged them in. Now let's get right into the message this morning, 1 Peter chapter, um, chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 13, read through verse 21. Um, if you're new to... Our Sunday mornings, uh, we're thankful that you're here, and once you feel right at home and welcome, um, we have been just started a, a Thanksgiving series, um, just highlighting Thanksgiving, and last week we talked about how Thanksgiving at its root is really a, is a sacrifice to God. We talked about some of the Old Testament and there was a Thanksgiving sacrifice, and for us today, looking back to Christ, looking forward for His coming, we give our Thanksgiving to Him too, and it is a sacrifice of Thanksgiving. We talked about last week our worship, our worship individually, as families, as a church, truly is a Thanksgiving sacrifice to God. That is our worship. Now today, we're going to follow that thought. We're going to talk about another sacrifice of Thanksgiving, and it's called holiness. Something I would think, some of the, probably one of the most pivotal points or, or understanding about God is this. You, you don't want to misunderstand who God is. It makes the difference of your salvation. It makes the difference of your life for God, understanding this part of God, and it's His holiness. So 
I can't put enough emphasis on his holiness. I told God in, in my study praying to him, God, I know I'm going to fail. I know I'm not going to be able to describe your holiness to the fullest. But I know you can take my feeble words and use them. So I thank God for that, that he's able to do that. But let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13. Um, if you're there, say amen. 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 All right. It says, wherefore, gird up, your, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end. For the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is what? Holy. Okay. So be ye holy. In all manner of conversation, in other words, all manner of life, every aspect of your life as a believer, be holy. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things. Talking about one's salvation, being saved, being born again. Um, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Amen. Let's ask God's help this morning and blessings on the message. Father, we thank you so very much for the reading of your word. Father God, again, I, I know that I my words will not suffice as far as painting the clearest picture of your holiness. But I pray the Holy Spirit will take my feeble words... And be able to portray to the heart, as I know he has done and will today, portray to the heart the holiness of God. Our, our, our understanding of our sin and our unbelief as lost sinners hinges upon seeing and knowing the holiness that you have as a person. Our life as a believer, our sanctification, our life being set apart, lived holy for you hinges upon knowing the holiness that you have, that you are. And Father, I pray this morning that every unbeliever and every believer will grasp the holiness of your nature. And that in light of that, Lord, that we will with joy... And gladness receive Christ as Savior if one is lost. And, and persevere forward as believers with joy and peace in our heart to serve you and live holy before you. Help me to disappear from the stage. I'm not here to gain attention for myself. I just want to be true to your word and encourage the people today to turn to you and run to you. So help me to do that. Give you all praise and glory. I pray all this in Christ's name. And all of God's people said... Amen. Our sacrifice of holiness. Um, have you ever said this? I can't believe I fell for that again. 
Am I alone? I can't believe I committed that same sin again. I fell for that temptation again. I think all of us, if we're honest, would probably say, yes, I've been there, done that. I have the t-shirt for that, right? And, and what I want to understand about that is this, is that simply what that is, is telling us that I'm truly, I'm lacking in my pursuit of holy living. There's moments in my life where I'm pursuing myself and not pursuing God and His holiness. That, that, that's the evidence. And we're all guilty we're all guilty of that. One person said this to those that are, have trusted in Christ and are believers. He said this, after being born again, even though you still commit sin, you shouldn't be good at it. And I think that's very true. You, you may, you, before you trusted Christ, you may have, you may have had a, a dirty mouth. You may have said, you know, felt very comfortable in saying curse words or profanities and things like that. But you may find yourself slip every once in a while as a Christian and let that come out of your mouth. So here's the thing as a Christian, you shouldn't be good at those sins anymore. You may commit from time to time and you may falter, but you shouldn't be good at it. Amen? What you should be growing and becoming good at through the Spirit of God is reflecting the holiness of the one who saved you. Amen? Are you with me? The sacrifice of holiness is what we're going to talk about today. Now, in the culture that we live in, sadly, in some church cultures is this, is that when it comes to, you know, encouraging God's people to live holy before God, they simply default into this legalistic culture, this, this legalism, if you will. What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is this, is that oftentimes, sometimes in religion, the religion will give you check boxes, a list to check off. And if you check this, 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 you're being holy. Or it's just bearing down on you legalistically to serve God. In other words, it's taking external things in religion and try to shape you into being holy. But dear friend, that, will, that does not have a good longevity. It, uh, Dear friend, salvation and holy living after being saved is an inward work, not an outward work. It must begin on the inside. And so what I want us to understand today is some key motivations that needs to be on the inside of us and draw our heart to want to be holy so then our actions will be holy and reflect the Lord. And the Bible speaks much about the holiness of God. If you've read your Bible very, even just very little, you'll find that the Bible speaks of the holiness of God. And you say, well, why does it do that? Because, dear friend, you have to begin at the holiness of God. Let me ask you a question. When God was dealing with you of, of, of trusting Him as Savior, why was the gospel so offensive to you? Why was it just, just broadsiding you and just offensive to you? Because it was that moment when the Holy Spirit was dealing with you, it was the first time you come in contact with the holiness of God of God. When you come broadside of the holiness of God, it is offensive. Why? Because he's holy and you're not. But we're going to, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but God wants you to be holy and God can equip you and position you to be holy for him. Let me give you a couple verses and then we'll begin. First Thessalonians 4, 7, for God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. God has called us and then Philippians 2.13, For it is God who worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. What does that mean? It's that when you trust Christ as Savior, God gives you a new will. 
As we know, it has to fight the flesh and its will, but God gives you a new will, and then he says the ability to carry that will out. All our enablement comes from God to live for him. We have to fight the flesh, as Paul said that he did in the New Testament, but God has given us a new will and an ability to um, serve him in holiness. So what I want to do this morning, what little time we have, is give you three motivations from Scripture, from our text, of why we should endeavor to go forward in being holy for God. Okay? So as you look here at 1 Peter, Peter is writing to these scattered believers, and he's, he's telling them that, hey, listen, I know you're, you're going through trial, you're persecuted, and there's a temptation just to fall in the flow of the culture and just blend in. But dear friend, let me remind you, you have an inheritance in Christ. Christ died for you, he rose again. And you have an inheritance in Jesus Christ, and we can live holy before him, and we should desire to do that. And so we come to verse 13, and, and Peter really tells us, hey, hope to the end. Hope, trust in Jesus. And he introduces us to God, the one who has called us to holiness. And so the first motivation that I want to reveal to you is this, is that God is holy. The God of holiness. And the scripture tells us, look back at our text. Look, Look at verse 15. But as he which hath called you is what? Say it back to me. Holy. Okay. Um, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Going back even to the Old Testament. Let me spend a little bit of time, and bear with me. I want to talk about God's holiness for a minute, because this is a motivation for us to come to Him, because He is holy. Now, due to the fact that God is holy, then everything that He creates, everything that comes from God, will be perfectly holy. Everything that comes from God will be holy because he is holy. And this quote here in the New Testament, verse 15 and 16, comes from Leviticus 19, 2, where he says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, right? The whole world is full of his glory. I am holy, okay? Um, Isaiah, you remember the passages in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, where he got a view of the holiness of God, and I... And get louder. Um, y'all pray for me. But when Isaiah come, come and saw this vision of God and saw his throne, he said, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. Who remembers that passage? Isaiah chapter 6. Yes. And here's the thing about Isaiah. If he would, if he would have just uh, remained in his perspective, just uh, p- compared himself to people, just mere mortals, he could easily elevate himself higher in his own mind. But when Isaiah come face to face in this vision of the holiness of God, the only posture Isaiah could do is say is this, Woe is me. I am not the great I am. I am not holy, but you are. That's where the holiness of God brought Isaiah, and that was a good thing. You may think the holiness of God is a bad thing, but it is a good thing because it's the first thing for you to see, to see that I need to come running to Jesus, right? So God is holy. And here's the the truth of the matter, too. 
The God that Isaiah saw wasn't just the holy God of the Old Testament or the past. God is the holy God of the future as well, the one we'll all stand before. In Revelation 4, 8, and the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night. Now listen to this. Saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And even God himself gave himself a name. You go back to Exodus in the time of Moses. He gave himself a name, Yahweh, which simply in that name means I am that I am. I am holy. And so in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14, he said, Tell the people that I am, I am has sent you. Now listen, you can say that, hey, I am uh, a nurse, or I am a teacher, or I am a veteran, or I am this and that. But none of us can say, I am that I am. Only God has that title by his own name. He is perfectly holy. And I think it's going to do us some good real quick. Turn back to the book of Genesis. Turn to the book of Genesis to survey the holiness of God. And please hear what the scripture is saying about the holiness of God. It would, it would be good for us to go back to the book of beginnings. Excuse me, in chapter 1 and in verse 26. Turn there please. Genesis 1 and verse 26. And this is this moment where God has created, God has created all things. He's come to this point of creating man, right? You're all familiar with this. And notice what the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Spirit, the Godhead, all collectively say to one another. And it said, and God said, let us make man in our what? Image and after our so what was God doing? God the Father, Son, and Spirit was creating man in an original state of holiness. After our image, after our likeness. Well, dear friend, God is holy. And man was created in holiness. Right? So you see, God's original intent of humanity is that man be holy. Y'all get that from Genesis? That was God's design. Is for man to be holy. And if you look at verse 31 of Genesis 1. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold it was what? Very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now this guy I'm getting ready to quote. I don't agree with all of his theological positions. But I do agree with his statement about God's holiness. Sproul said this. God does not lower his own standards to accommodate us. He remains altogether holy, altogether righteous, and altogether just. But we are unjust, and therein lies our dilemma. You know, before I trusted Jesus and the gospel was preached to me, and the Holy Spirit began to deal with me, I come face to face with the holiness of God in that gospel presentation. And I, I, He's began to work on me. I began to be, say within myself, I am a sinner. I am I'm separate from God. I need a way to get to the Father. And what attribute of God led me to come to that conclusion? It was the holiness of God. The gospel message would not be fully affected if the holiness of God was not attached to it. Because that's what triggers your mind to see God is holy. I am not. I'm in trouble. 
This is a motivation, dear friend, for us to want to live holy. Because without the holiness of God, none of us would come to God. It's seeing His holiness. Ephesians 4.24 And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. There we go again. The garden, man was created holy. Man fell, man sinned, separated now from God and headed to hell. Separated from God. And the New Testament tells us that once you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you repent and confess to him your faith is only in Christ. The Bible says he gives you new life the moment you believe. And he says that what he has done then in you has created a new man. And guess what his nature is? His holiness. You may say, but I, I, have to, I have to battle this life. Yeah, the new man's in you, but the flesh is still on you, right? So there's a battle. And so God's intent always is for you to be holy. Now, if the holiness of God leaves us with a dilemma, look at this second point in our text reveals this to us as well we see the grace of holiness the grace of you see, you've got the father which is holy but then we're going to find here in our text you go back to first peter it says that you were not redeemed with corruptible things in verse 18 but listen it was by the precious blood of who church say it louder i can't hear you Jesus, hey, i got to speak louder i don't have a pa so you got to join me you got to speak louder too jesus right Jesus was the incarnation of the grace of the Father. We're getting ready to celebrate the first advent of Jesus. Amen? Christmas, right? We highlight that in Christmas. And what happened then? It was the incarnation, the grace of God wrapped in flesh. What does that mean? Simply the one who would make you ready to face a holy I have to say, God, I want to serve you because you have bridged the gap that I could not bridge with my own life. I had to have someone else bridge that gap for me. And his name is Jesus. Jesus. Now, listen. When we get saved, we trust Christ as Savior. We'll say, hey, you're saved from the penalty of sin. Christ paid your debt. You've received that by faith. You're not going to hell. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. But listen. Sadly, sometimes, and even churches will stop at that, and we won't go further in our discipleship to teach our people this, is that yes, you've been saved from the penalty of sin, from going to hell. But dear friend, you have just as much have been saved for something as well. You've been saved from something, which was a life in hell, eternity in hell, but you've been saved for something, which was a life of holiness. We cannot forget that. And let me just say this, church. If I have failed to bring you to the holiness of God in discipleship, I apologize. As a church, we apologize. But you don't leave here today and say that I didn't know I was saved to live holy. Because you are. Every one of us today have been saved to live holy. Can I tell you why we are to live holy? It's simply because of this. In our holiness, we are reflecting the holiness of God. If you needed the holiness of God to reveal to you your need of Him, then how many more needs to hear about the holiness of God? Everyone. And guess what? You are co-laborers with God. And to live holy is for you to help people see that they will one day face a holy God. 
And they need someone to, to, to position them in holiness. And, it, and it's only Jesus Christ. Are you with me? The grace of holiness. God didn't just sit up there in heaven and say, I'm holy, you're not, you fell from sin, you're just on your own. God didn't do that. But he sent a grace that is holy. If Jesus was not holy, he would have been useless to our soul. But Christ was and is and forever will be holy. And so my salvation is secure in the holiness of Jesus. And I'll stand before the Father. And you see that verses 18 through 20. Here's the sad thing about religion today. Religion will mix a lot of things in with Christ. They'll mix actions just of the body or religion. They'll say it's Christ, but it's through this motion and this sacrament or this, that, and the other. And they'll blend that with Christ. And all they're doing is this. They're blinding the person to the full holiness of Christ. To receive Christ alone by faith alone. And that's what we need. Can I tell you how I got saved? The Bible says believe on Christ. Confess with your mouth and believe on Christ and thou shalt be saved. Period. Amen. There's where salvation dwells. Look at you think about Christ. Give me, give you, let me give you a couple of verses. Colossians 1.15 Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Can I tell you something? Christ was the image of the Holy Father incarnate in the flesh. That's why we find he is, he is our very Savior. Let me give you a quote that I come across in my study. I love this. Jerry uh, Ragg and Paul Shirley in their book, Free to be Holy. It says, in his human nature, Jesus took on the exact same physical capacities as Adam. But though his divine nature, he never ceased to be impe- the impeccable I am. Nothing could pollute the intrinsic holiness and human sinlessness of his divine nature, which is why his sacrifice was acceptable and his resurrection was possible. We find Christ, what he did was possible because he was the Holy Son of God. That motivates me, dear friend. Uh, turn, to, turn to Ephesians real quick. I'm trying to hurry. But Ephesians chapter 1, I want you to see this. I want to encourage you to be holy. The Father is holy. And in His holiness, He sent a, a grace that is holy. And therefore a grace that we can receive and be holy in His sight. But our actions, it requires work through the Spirit to live holy for Him. Ephesians 1 verses 4 and 5. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be what? Holy and without blame before who? In what? Love. Having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Can I tell you the key to understanding this verse is two words. It's in him. In Him. Where does this choosing happen? It's those that's in Him. Once you are in Him, you are chosen. Chosen for what? Great question. Always follow that chosen. Chosen for what? It tells us to be holy and blameless before Him in love. So when we're in Christ, before the foundation of the world, we've been chosen to live holy and blameless in love. Can I tell you something? 
If something is really good at something, they're passionate, they're all in, 100%. What can you say about them? They love what they do. Right? If you're a good soldier, if you're a good nurse, a good teacher, they have passion. They love what they do. For someone that can say, you know what, they truly care about living holy for God what I have to say is this, that they love the holiness of God. You will do well what you love well. If we love the holiness of God, and we should, if we love the holiness of His grace, Jesus Christ, then we will love holiness. If we are living holy, it's because we love the Holy One. Dear friend, you are able to live out God's holy standards for His glory. For his glory. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Now that tells me that if Christ saved me, and he has, right? Over 22 years ago, he saved me. I want to love him. I want to give him thanksgiving. I want to give a sacrifice of praise to him. What what can I give to him? I want to give him holiness. And guess what the scripture tells me as a believer? That I can. I can give him a sacrifice of thanksgiving called a holy life. It should bless your heart to want to live holy for him. Amen? Hasn't ever just been just just a... Punch in the gut when you failed God? When, when you compare it to the fact that He never failed you? Talking about God's holiness, God's grace is holy, has brought you to Him when you trusted Jesus. And dear friend, I don't want to fail Him. I want to live holy because I think about His holiness and Christ was holy and that allowed me to come and be right with the Father. As we go back to our text and lastly, and I'll leave you with this point, there's an urgency to be holy. You ever th- I thought about this as a young person. I got all the time in the world to do. Anybody ever thought that? I've got all the time in the world. Right? Well, I'm just such and such age. I've got plenty of time to do this, that, and the other. Can I be honest with you? You don't have all the time in the world. The world doesn't control the time you have. God does. Amen? He is holy. He is sovereign. He is over those things. And He is giving you time. The holy God is giving you more time today to receive the holy Savior, which is Christ, so you can stand well before His holiness when you leave this life. Folks, there's an urgency to be positioned in Christ by faith, trusting Him, and also to live holy. You go back to our text in verse 22. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Through the spirit unto unfeigned love. Unfeigned uh, love simply means unhypocritical love uh, of the brethren. Seeing that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again on a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. We're going to find simply this. Dear church, can I speak to you for a second? Everyone that's believers, I'll speak to you as well. If, if the holiness of God, which is to be done by love, if, if love is going to begin somewhere, 
If living holy is going to be done somewhere, it's going to be done between one Christian and the next. Amen? It's between, listen, if you can't live a holy life in your attitude, in your actions, in your words, or whatever, to another believer, another one that Christ died for and is saved and belongs to him, if you can't live holy uh, 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 with them, you're not going to live holy around anybody else in this world. It begins with the house of God. It begins with the people of God. Ephesians 5 tells us this. Listen to me. Christ, Ephesians 5, 27, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. You know what Christ is going to do one day? He's going to gather his church to himself. And you know what he desires is this, is to gather an unspotted, a holy, a, a people that reflects himself to himself. Let me ask you a question. Does Christ deserve such a people? He does. We did not deserve such a Savior, but he deserves such a people as a people that cares and loves and pursues holiness. And we have motivation to do that. In Titus 2, it's really my last verse I'm going to give you and we'll be done. Verses 12 through verse 14. Just jot that down. I'm going to read it to you. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Notice this. Here's the urgency. Looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Listen. Who gave himself for us. That he might redeem us from all iniquity. And purify unto himself a peculiar people. Zealous of good works. Those that are looking for that blessed hope. Are going to be living with, for, living with a bold holiness. Dear friend. Right now we're in that place of looking for that blessed hope. In Peter's day, there were people that said, Look, he's not come yet. Seasons come and go. Nothing's changing. God's not coming back. You're wasting your time. But God himself has said, Be watchful. Be ready. I will come when you least expect it. And when God gathers his children home, the one thing that should be on your mind as God's child is this. I want him to receive me. And when he looks at me, he can see his own holiness. We're able to do that through the Spirit of God and submitting to him. We should want to do that because a holy God sent a holy grace, which is Christ, so that we could be brought back to him and be right with him. There's religion today that says, oh, if you'll just do this, X, Y, and Z, you'll be holy. You'll be right with the Father. The Bible says that no one can come to the Father but by Christ. Why? Because he's the only holy Savior. Can I tell you something? I'm done, I promise. At Calvary, when Christ died and paid your debt, that was the place where the justice of God and the mercy of God embraced one another. And only because of Calvary can you be brought back to the Father and be able to be positionally holy, 
But also while you wait to be caught up to be with Him, you can live holy. Who believes God deserves our holiness? Amen. Who's thankful for God's holiness? Amen. And dear friend, if you're lost today, God has revealed to you that you have no holiness of your own. But Christ has a holiness that He will give you. That if you'll from your heart confess your unbelief, and in following that confessing a believing faith alone in Christ alone, trusting what He did on the cross as your only way to heaven. Have you had that moment in your history? Do you remember that moment? I do. It's an unforgettable moment. I'm not talking about being on the altar, signing a church card, hey, I'm in. I'm talking about a communication from your heart to God. Have you had that moment? Dear Christian, are you spending each day with moments of surrendering to love God more than yourself and say thank you by living holy? Where are you at in your thanksgiving of your life, in your holiness? Let's stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just, just a moment. We're going to have a song of invitation.